tired of the light, then escape into the dark with DJ Evil Dave and Dr. Brandy's sexy voice. It's the Dark Corner Podcast, presented by StrangeAndDeadly.com. I'm just as fucked up as they say. I can't fake the daytime. I found an entrance to escape into the dark. Got false lights for the sun. It's an artificial nocturne. It's an outsider's escape for a broken heart. Hello, everybody. Hello. It is DJ Evil Dave. It is Dr. Brandy's sexy voice. She is hissing because the sun peeked out of the clouds. Oh, God. If you are a new listener, you're probably wondering, what is with the sound quality? That's because we are reporting from the field. Yes. We are in the car. Therefore, there is... Uh, car noise. Car noise and traffic noise and road noise. And, uh, can you feel the noise? <laughs> Come on, feel the noise. <laughs> Girls rock your boys. Yes, all of those things. All of those things. All of them. So, yeah, we're en route to Salt Lake Comic Con. This is going to be our Salt Lake Comic Con uh, field report. Indeed, and this would be... This would be our fifth annual Salt Lake Comic Con. This is not, of course, counting the Fan X's that happen in the spring, but this makes a total of nine conventions. <laughs> That we have been to in since 2013, fall 2013. Yeah, of our what 25 episodes a year, two of them are devoted to the Salt Lake Comic Con. Yep. Yep. Whether it be Comic Con proper or Fanex, you're going to be forced to listen to it. Yes. Actually, you're not really going to be forced, are you? Because if you don't like the coverage or don't like the episodes where we're live, then you just skip them anyway. So we're not forcing you to do anything. It's your choice, freedom. It's your option. Freedom. Uh, we do have news regarding you and podcasting. Yes, we do. And sorry, I'm behind a jerk in a minivan. I don't know why I cleaned it up for that. <laughs> Usually I say cunt in a minivan. Oh, <laughs> we could have put a clean rating on this. Oh, you, oh. you could edit that I'd out. Bleep it. <laughs> bleep, bleep it, yeah. I had to do what, uh, what G4 used to do with what, X-Play and they do cats. Mm-hmm. Meow, meow. <laughs> do that. Totally do that. I'm now in a minivan. So I am now officially a member of the Trek FM network. And uh, the big announcement came actually about a week and a half ago that I am going to be the co-host of the live reaction show for Star Trek Discovery. Sweet! And when I say live, I mean it. We will be broadcasting live on Monday nights at 7 p.m. Mountain Time, 6 p.m. Eastern, or no, not 6 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. You can figure it out from there. What, whatever GMT minus whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> adjust for daylight saving time if you have it or yeah. don't have it because we are in daylight saving time at this time and will not be out of it until fucking November. Oh, there I go again. Um, bleep it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so I'm super excited, more excited than I am putting into my voice, because it has been a really hard week. Yeah, we're a bit, uh, tapped out from just events of the week. Yeah, 
So I really am super squeeing excited, and my co-host is Bruce Gibson, who is on the Literary Treks podcast on Trek FM. Bruce is awesome, and he uh, it, he's in Atlanta, Georgia. So yeah, this is a we're we're a very continental network. I mean, our our Lord and High Master Chris is in Japan, and we have uh, podcasters in Canada and all over the U.S. and in the U.K. So, so you know, an intercontinental, intercontinental, yeah. And uh, I just feel very honored because they basically welcomed me into the fold with knowing very little about me. <laughs> yeah, just hearing you on one of the uh, melodic tracks. Yes, with the wonderful Brandon Shamatella, who is who is the one who recommended me, and I think that that goes a long way to my acceptance into the Star Trek FM network, Trek FM network. Yay! Uh, so thank you, Brandon. And uh, you're also friends with Tom, who's beloved from the uh, Trek FM people, it seems. Yes, they, they love Tom because they love Twilight Zone. And, you know, if we want to really go back and look at how the, cur- this, the line of events that caused this to happen, we'd have to go back years and years and years and years <laughs> to how, I, how we met Tom and so, etc., so, yeah, Tom, it's all your fault if we go back to the beginning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, it all goes back to Marty and Jen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, really, honestly, it goes back to Doctor Who again, which is how we got into this whole podcasting thing in the first place, was because of Marty and Jen. And so, thank you for that. And now Jen's a big shot author. Oh, yes. Yeah, and if you haven't read Jen's books, what the hell's wrong with you? Go out and get The Copper Promise and The Silver Tide and then The Iron Ghost when it comes out in America, which will be sometime in the beginning of next year. Nice. I've already pre-ordered it. So, get them, get them, get them. Get them, get them. If you like Skyrim, if you like fantasy, you will like these books. Yeah, uh, Dragon Age, I think, is a big influence on her. But Skyrim. Yeah, but Skyrim. Skyrim. Skyrim mostly. Yep. So she even said that uh, in a tweet. So much Skyrim. Nice. It's awesome. Cool. Um, so the plan for today is probably a lot of panels, right? Yeah. Well, not or a ton. At least one. Uh, well, I'm trying to get to all the Star Trek panels, especially since uh, Larry Nimichek is going to be there, who some people may know as Doctor Trek, and he is—he's the best. If you know anything about Star Trek Continues, if you've seen that series. He was actually Dr. McCoy in the first two episodes of that. That's how I first saw him. And uh, I started following him on Twitter. He's so much fun. And I've heard him on uh, other podcasts because when another Trek FM podcaster, Aaron Harvey, who is amazing, he's doing a variant cover for one of the Discovery comics, issue number two. Oh my God, that's amazing. And uh, he was at San Diego Comic-Con and was on a panel with Larry Nimichek, and so I heard him there. And he's going to be at Salt Lake Comic-Con. And so Bruce, who is friends with him, was talking to him and said, Hey, yay, we're doing this, uh, this live show, and my co-host is Brandy Jekyll, and she's in Salt Lake City. You know, she's going to be at Salt Lake Comic-Con. He's like, Oh, tell her to come and say hi. <laughs> I'm like, Okay. Nice. Um, I hope I don't make a fool of myself. <laughs> and then he got stuck in San Francisco yesterday because he missed his flight to Salt Lake City. And so he was there for like seven or eight hours. I don't know exactly how long. He did make it here. I received confirmation of that. But I tweeted at him that uh, I was excited to see him at Salt Lake Comic Con. He says, oh, yes, I've already been told about you. 
<laughs> As he's rubbing his hands together menacingly. Oh, yes, I've oh, heard about you. I, I don't know if he could be menacing. He probably could, but it would be, knowing the kind of person that he really is, it would be difficult to believe unless I knew he was, you know, playing a role. You know, acting, that's a different thing, but in real life, he couldn't be menacing. I mean, why would he want to? He's, yeah. just, he's just so great. So... Yeah, so there's the Star Trek panel tonight at 6, which is 30 years of Next Generation, because it is the 30th anniversary of Next Generation. And uh, so we're going to that for sure. We have a photo op with Jewel State at 8.30 in the evening. Good Lord. <laughs> yeah. They, they used to end the Thursdays at 8, but this year they're doing 9, so... Yeah, well, they probably figure people hang around until then anyway. Why not just... Yeah, but they're still ending at the same time on Friday and Saturday. Weird. So they're still doing like 10 to 8 on Friday and 11 to 7 on Saturday. It's like they get progressively earlier. Yeah. But you know, we're a state full of Christians <laughs> and Mormons if you don't believe Christians are Mormons. Yeah, <laughs> there's, there's a debate there. Yeah. Uh, they are Christians, guys. They are. Yeah, Jesus Christ is what... They worship, so yeah, they, how could that not be a Christian thing? He, he's at the end of all of their prayers. Yes. Every single one. So, yeah, they're Christian. So, stop yeah, debating. pictures of them all over the place, like feeding lambs and whatever. Yeah, all the whitewashed pictures of him with oh, blue yeah. eyes. Blue eyes, this skin. kind of strawberry blonde uh, beard, beard thing going on. Yeah, anyway. Going on. Uh, yeah, so I am... I'm basically trying to meet as many celebrities as I can today so that there's not as much to cram into Thursday or Friday and Saturday because Friday and Saturday are going to be full of panels Yeah. because Zachary Levi has a panel and um, Gates McFadden and Will Wheaton have a panel Will Wheaton, the crushers, crushing it yeah, crushing it with the crushers Etc. There's a lot of panels that I want to go to, um, that I really, really want to go to. So, yeah. Oh, it's busy. Busy? Busy B. Busy Phillips? Busy, no, Busy B. Okay, I'm Busy, busy B. B. I can't be Busy Phillips. <laughs> I can only be Busy B. Busy B. Busy B. Uh, what else? I, I guess we're going to be in Celebrity Row for a lot today, just to see who you can meet. Will Friedel. Yep. I know he's going to be here Whoa. today. We have a slowdown. So this may actually be his first convention. I am not 100% sure. Hmm. Which would be surprising because he's a voice actor. Whoa, good. Yeah, but just because you're in the business doesn't mean you go to cons, you know? Yeah. Welcome to my commute. Oh, this is This is what normal. happens, huh? Mm -hmm. This is normal. Crazy. This is what I've experienced almost every commute. Oh, ho, ho, ho. man, full on stock. Yeah, and people wow. not paying attention, so they come to a sudden stop. And that makes you come to a sudden stop. I'm going to go get in the carpool lane as soon as I That's can. That's wise, because this is a standstill. Yeah, well, see, the thing is, is that I am not used to being able to use the carpool lane. So, I know they don't call it the carpool lane, but it's easier than saying the HOA lane. Yeah. No, HOV lane, not HOA. HOA is Homeowners Associations. Who can go to hell? Homeowners Associations, yeah. Yeah, Homeowners Associations can go to hell. I said it. Yeah, the ones that determine that you can't have a pink flamingo on your lawn. Yeah, all that kind of crap. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's so. all about homogeny. Yeah, I don't like it. Yeah. I don't like it. 
I'll do whatever the hell I want on my property, and you can't stop me. I'm so glad we don't live in an HOA. Yeah. Of course, I wouldn't have chosen to live in an HOA. That's beside the point. Uh, Here we go. If nobody's coming up on our ass. There's somebody coming up on our ass. It's a police officer. Ah. So I am grateful that I did not get in front of him. Because had I gotten in front of him, he probably would have not been happy. There we go. To the journey! later, guys. Yeah. Ah, Okay. Well, is that... What, what news we have at the moment? Yeah, that's what news we have at the moment, and uh, we'll check in after the end of day one, of course. Yep, unless we do something in the middle somewhere, which you is never know. rare. You never know. We yeah. might. We might. We might. All right, laters. Okay, so if you thought there was background noise before, <laughs> <laughs> it's raining. We're on our way home from day one of Salt Lake Comic Con. Yes. A uh, few stories to tell. Few stories, yes. Uh, beginning with what, Pritel? Oh golly! Um, Just getting into the con, it was a pretty easy thing. There was yeah. a whole hullabaloo. We, I guess, it could be closer to the microphone. <laughs> um, <laughs> We just basically walked in and they checked our bags. I left a Mountain Dew in my bag and that I forgot to take out. But uh, they went ahead and let me bring it in, so whatever, you know. Yeah, well, I had a plastic baggie filled with four huge snickerdoodles. They don't yep. care. Nope. You're not supposed to bring food into the con, but... You know, they can't really stop people with snacks. I mean, that's one of those things where it's like, you can't really tell people, no, you can't bring that in. Right. It's not like we came in with a six-pack or something. No. No, no, no. We came in with how many bottles of water? Three? Uh, two? I think two bottles of water, and I had and a Mountain, Mountain Dew in Dew. there that I meant to take out. Oh, there's still a Mountain Dew in the back seat, too. <laughs> nice. And so, yeah, we just walked in. We were, were a little early. Yeah. The uh, actual convention floor hadn't opened well, it, it had for VIP and gold, but right. not for us peons. Yep, us generals. Yeah. But so we yeah, waited was, a little bit. Yeah, it was a short wait, maybe 10 minutes, Yeah. if that. Yep. And then we just walked in and kind of made a beeline to the celebrity area because you wanted to get an autograph. Well, it wasn't really a beeline because we stopped at a few places along the way, like Damsel in Distress. That's right. We were looking for a blue skirt for you, but they didn't have the proper color. They didn't have the proper color or the proper length. Yeah. If it was the color, it was too short. If it was the length, it wasn't the right color. Or it wasn't the right style. Yeah. So, yeah. I was a little bit bummed, but honestly, if they'd had a blue one, that would have just tempted me to buy it. So, it's for the best. It's been good today. So yeah. we've managed our finances well for the first day, which is usually one where we spend the most. Yep. Uh, so we get to Celebrity Row, and there's Will Friedle at the far end of the uh, of the convention floor. Yes. Which was just fine with me. And he was a delight. He was an absolute delight, of course he was. He was doing selfies for just a little bit more money. $10 extra. Yep, and they take your cell phone and uh, snap a few photos, which was great because it was the lady doing security. 
she had this kind of Rhea Butcher thing going on. Yes, she was awesome. Yeah, she was uh, tattooed, had really short black hair, a nice narrow long face. Yeah, she was cool. She had a great smile and was managing the line pretty well, I thought. She was managing the line really well. Yeah, even though people would not pay attention and uh, butt in anyway. Yeah. But that was their fault, not hers. Yep, that's why it took us so long to get to the front of the line, is because they weren't doing it in a diplomatic fashion. It was really funny because, you know, uh, Will would talk to whoever's getting the autograph and then suddenly go, Jen, because that was this lady's <laughs> name. Jen, will you take a picture? Jen. <laughs> it got to the point where the whole line was doing it. Jen. Jen. <laughs> she's like, yep, my name is Jen. Hello, I'm Jen. Yeah, she so, was very cool. So, of course, you upgraded so you'd get the autograph plus a selfie. Yeah, damn it. And got to talk to him for quite a bit. Yeah, it was really amazing. Um, I did get emotional, of course. So and ever, yeah. Because my first Will Friedle experience was Batman Beyond. Right. Which, to this day, is still my favorite Batman series. I'm sorry, people who love the animated series more. Batman Beyond is the bomb. <laughs> And it does teach you that you say it as Raish Al Ghul. It is not Raz, it's Raish. That's how it's pronounced. Raish Deal with it. Raish. Anyway, uh, he seemed truly delighted that that was my first experience with him, was Batman Beyond. Right. Because most people, it's Boy Meets World. Yes. Which is fine, because I was tangentially aware of Boy Meets World. And when I was watching Batman Beyond, I'm like, i got to find out who does Terry's voice because he's just so damn good. You know it. And uh, this was back in the day where they still actually showed all the credits, you know? It was like 1999. It, yeah, they didn't squeeze it into the corner and play him ultra fast. Yeah. And so, you know, and I would just watch and wait. And I'm like, okay, Will Friedle, that name sounds familiar. Why does that name sound familiar? And then, I, it, I th I'm pretty sure I saw a commercial for Boy Meets World, and I heard his, him talking in the commercial, you know, how they show clips and things oh, yeah. in commercials, and I'm like, whoa, wait, I know that voice! <laughs> I know that voice! And so I watched an episode of Boy Meets World, and sure enough, I'm like, oh, I found him. Well, now I'm going to have to watch this. Yeah. No, no big problem there. Later so, being on Kim Possible. Kim Possible. Absolutely amazing. And he was just he was just signing it generically, he's like too brandy, and then he's like, Nope, I'm adding this. You're so shway, I am Batman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was awesome. It was very cool. He was so great. He he's so one great. of those great celebs that has, you know, the really big personality that's just bursting out of the scenes. Yep. Talking to everybody. Just really cool dude. So that was a fun first, you know. To open the con with after yeah. the the miss at the damsel in distress. Yeah, he he just he just seemed delighted to be there and delighted to talk to everyone and it was just amazing. It was amazing. Right. And we were returning from that just to I guess look around for the most part, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. And I found a kind of 
uh, role-playing and Magic the Gathering place. Yeah, lots of card games and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, just general games. They had yeah. a little bit of everything A there. little bit of everything. Yeah, and they had spell cards for Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition. <laughs> so I picked up the Druid cards and I picked up the Ranger cards. They did not have Paladin. They did have the Arcane deck, which is tempting, but I imagine it would be quite expensive. Well, did you look at the price? I did not. Maybe if we swing back around. And they had custom dice, too, which were beautiful. Yes. Oh, if they had a green and silver for, like, a Slytherin kind of thing. Oh, nice. <laughs> that would I'd, be nice. Then I'd have to have a blue and gold. Oh, they had blue and gold. They did? Oh, yeah. Oh. That's the one that first caught my eye was the blue and gold. Them's Ravenclaw colors. And get black and yellow for your... Uh, your Steelers. <laughs> yeah. Or Hufflepuff, depending on who you Yeah, ask. I guess so. <laughs> yellow and black or black and yellow. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, picked up those. They're really cool. They're very similar to the cleric design, as you would expect. Of course. But very nifty. Got to thumb through the Ranger one, look at those a bit. So, yeah, um, that was probably our one purchase outside of the photo op and the autograph. Well, yeah, uh, and, and they yeah. were really reasonably priced because the um, the um, Druid deck was big, so it was... Yeah, um, it's a two-decker. It was like $16, I think it was, and yeah. then the other one was 7 Yeah, the Ranger one was just a single deck, so yeah, yeah. it was 7 Because we, we paid way more than that for your... Um, the, the cleric was cleric around cards. 20. Yeah. So, yeah. But, uh, so I was very pleased with that. And, uh, yeah, he was a nice guy. I liked him a lot. Yeah, he was cool. Um, went to a panel. It was Michael Bean of Terminator and Aliens. Yep. And Tombstone and, and The Abyss and... And, and. Yeah, we came in late to the end of uh, Michael Rooker. Oh, God. I wish I'd seen that whole panel. I wasn't paying attention to the schedule. Yeah, his panels are always like that. He's just, he's lightning. He just grabs the mic, moderates his own panel, goes he, out and finds he, people to ask him questions. He literally goes into the audience. He spends most of the time in the audience. It's, he's so fun. Yep. God, he's fun. Yeah, and they kept putting up the sign to wrap it up because he was running long. But he just kept going. Yep. And in fact, you turned to me and you said, how do you keep lightning, in, you know, how do you rein in lightning? What is, is that what you said? Yeah, how do you rein in lightning? Yeah. I'm like, you can't even get it back in the bottle, man. No. <laughs> no, he's just, he's loose. The Rooker is loose. He is amazing. Yeah, lots of questions about Yondu, as you'd expect. Of course. Apparently, he likes the uh, taller Mohawk better. Well, and why not? Yeah. It's awesome. Well, it's more distinctive, that's for sure. Definitely. It's like a shark fin. Yeah. Big red shark fin. Yeah. Uh, Michael Bean, he had some interesting stories, and his career path is interesting as well, and we kind of made a comparison between him and Sean Bean, <laughs> that they keep dying when whatever they're in. It's Michael Bean, he dies in Terminator, he dies in Aliens, he dies in the Abyss, and he dies in Tombstone. So, 
And those are like probably the four biggies he's known for. I mean, he was in the fan. He probably dies in that, I imagine. He's a stalker. Yeah. I imagine he meets a, a bitter end in that. Quite possibly. Like his stories about being intense. He's like, well, I'm just an actor. <laughs> you know, I go up and I play pretend. It's like you're a kid playing, you know, Wild Wild West with your buddy. Yeah. So every once in a while he had a good funny story and there was a good laugh, but overall his delivery, not a public speaker, I don't think. Not really good at a it. A lot of long pauses, a lot of you knows. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just like that. <laughs> he, he, he possibly might have been nervous, I don't know. Yeah, I think they were saying it was his first, no, because he'd been to a con before. Because yeah. that's when he discovered how popular Aliens was, but or it Terminator. Might, it might have been a while since he's been to one. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, was not a big turnout for him. Because well, a lot of people left after Rooker, and then yeah. people that came in for Michael Bean were not that many. Yeah. it's uh, And the moderator was not good, because nope. the moderator's job is to... You know, get the celebrity to talk, but also to make sure that the audience gets to ask questions, and this moderator did not do that. There were people lined up to ask questions, and none of them got a chance to do it. Not one. Not a single one. Not one one audience question. Nope. And the thing that annoyed me is that he asked questions that people had posted on the Salt Lake Comic Con Facebook group, which is fine because they asked for that. Yeah. But... No, that's not where you start. You start with the audience, and then if there's time, go to the Facebook group. Exactly. Go to the people who are there. Yes, exactly. Though I guess if you go through the Facebook group, you can pick and choose and get the interesting questions so you're not wasting everybody's time. But that's part of the double-edged sword that is being a Comic-Con panel. Yep, a con experience. Yes. So, mixed reviews there... Interesting stories, not well told. Yeah. Uh, though he had really great things about Phil Paxton, you know, things to say about Phil Paxton, how cool he was, and, you know, interested introducing him to Jim Cameron and that whole thing. Interesting things to say about Robert Rodriguez. Oh, yeah, that uh, was it. Brolin, uh, uh, Josh Brolin. He had an audition opening for No Country for Old Men. But he was filming, what was it, Tombstone at the time or something else? What was he filming at the I, time? I don't remember. Whatever it was that Robert Rodriguez was working on with him. Oh, yeah. It was uh, Death Proof, maybe? Right. I think so. Something like that. Yeah, something like that. So, right. So, it was a lunch break and Robert Rodriguez just got Josh Brolin, and they basically filmed an audition. They filmed a scene from, uh, I guess, the the sides he had from No Country for Old Men. So Robert Rodriguez filmed that scene, edited it, and then sent it to the Coen brothers yep. for review. And of course, Josh Brolin appears in the film. Yeah, and I'm like, what? A, I, I don't know that much about the man, uh-huh. Robert Rodriguez, and I just thought, now that is a class act. That is just really cool. Well, I know he promotes uh, 
Latin uh, creativity, especially in filmmaking and television. He has a television channel. Representation matters. That's, uh, yeah. And El Marachi is a really cool film. Shot on a shoestring budget. So, yeah, interesting guy, that Robert Rodriguez. Yes, very much so. Uh, then we had, after that, the uh, Star Trek panel you wanted to go to. We have 30 years of Next Generation. Yeah, uh, very cool. Uh, you want to talk about the uh, host of that particular panel? Yeah, okay, well, there is this lovely guy named Larry Nemechek that... Basically, everybody calls him Dr. Trek because he knows so much and has, he worked on Voyager for fuck's sake. I mean, he's just really, really knowledgeable and he, it's just, he's so passionate about it and the stories he has. Oh my God, the stories. So I thought that there were going to be other people on the panel, but it was just him and I'm like, great. But here's the funny part. He knows people at Trek FM. And in fact, he was talking to Bruce, who is my co-host on the uh, Star Trek Discovery live reaction show that will start on Monday. Live from the edge. Live from the edge. Live from the edge. And uh, so he was talking to Bruce, and Bruce is like, oh, you're going to Salt Lake Comic Con? Well, Brandy, the co-host, she is in Utah, and she'll be at Salt Lake Comic Con. And he's like, great, tell her to come say hi. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so, you know, it was a great panel. Okay, we're back. There was just a change of route. <laughs> yes, just a slight change of so route. So I can drive a little slower, accounting for the rain. Yeah, this is actually much more comfortable for me. So. Yeah, because there are some crazies on the freeway driving yeah. faster than they should for the wet conditions. Way, way faster. So anyhow, let's so, yeah. go back to this. Didn't he write some books? Like He wrote the Star Trek Companion as right. for Next Generation, Star Trek Next Generation Companion, and um, many other things. I, just go look him up. Yeah, there's a lot. There's so much, and I can't even begin to list off his accomplishments. And he had a lot of behind-the-scenes photos, which were really fun and behind-the-scenes stories. And I enjoyed that because I don't know a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff about Next Generation. Because they're just, you know, it's not, it wasn't in the age of social media. Yeah, and apparently the first two seasons were really troubled. Yeah, and, you know, at the end of season two, you're having the writer strike, so that doesn't help. Yeah. Oh, actually, I'm going to go up to 193. And, uh, so... Which is so funny because I listened to an episode today of Earl Grey where um, Justin was on his own. Uh, Amy and Richard were unavailable. And so he had Brandon Shea Hey, Brandon. And uh, also um, this wonderful British writer named, oh my God, Una McCormick? Yeah. And she writes Star Trek novels. And they took the season two finale, which is literally hailed the worst Star Trek episode ever, <laughs> and rewrote it. Nice. And it was glorious. Yeah, there's a Scottish podcast that does that. 
Yeah, well, this, this episode is notorious. People may know it if I say the title, uh, which is called Shades of Grey. But basically, because there was a writer's strike going on, they did a clip show. Ugh. A fucking clip show. The, the crazy part is, is that it actually starts out as a very interesting story of um, Riker and Geordi being on this planet and, you know, it's basically barren and as they're heading back uh, to, you know, beam up, Riker gets basically stung by the thorn of this, um, this plant and he starts to basically starts to lose feeling all over his body and then you know slips into a coma sort of thing right and the rest of the episode is Riker's dreams while he's in this coma oh dear lord as they're trying to figure out how to fix him it is so bad yeah it sounds bad it is bad and so they rewrote it but anyway um I lost my train of thought the long and short of it is that season three was when it really came together. And that was because Michael Pillar came on. Mm, nice. And so... Yeah, yeah, he started to look at fan fiction and having people uh, pitch ideas to write scripts for Star Trek. Well, and that's the crazy thing, because Una started out just writing... Next Generation fan fiction. And this was a long time before, you know, the internet was super, super big. Yeah. But she was posting it on the internet. And the editor of the Star Trek's books contacted her and said, Hey, you want to pitch an idea? Mm-hmm. And she had other friends who, who were authors and wrote for Doctor Who and all sorts of other series. And they're like, How did you crack that nut? <laughs> How on earth did you get that? And she's just like, they asked me to pitch an idea. Like, We've been pitching ideas to them for years. <laughs> nice. We've never gotten a novel. And she's had several. So. <laughs> well, it comes with being a good writer, for one thing. Yes. With interesting ideas. Which reminds me of one of the funniest things he put up was this kind of bullseye-style target <laughs> that was in, I guess, the writer's room or All of whatever. the writer's offices. All the writer's offices one. that in the center was like, okay, we're going to get this made. I love it. Let's yeah, do but, it. Yeah, <laughs> love it. Let's do it. And then around it, it gets more like, well, that, that's a great idea, but it's a bit expensive. Or Yeah, it's too expensive to shoot. Uh, we already did that story. Yeah, not quite loyal to the character. And then outside is that, like on the far extreme is like do you even watch the show yep. <laughs> or even get out of my office now <laughs> that's the dumbest goddamn thing i've ever heard yeah <laughs> it's like that was great that's ludicrous so that was fun <laughs> it was very fun oh got to find out about alternates for the cast of next generation that was fun some of which i already knew i already knew the whole thing about denise crosby and marina Sirtis having originally auditioned for each other's roles. Right. And I knew from an episode of Earl Grey, I believe it was, I'm 99.999% sure. <laughs> That's pretty sure. Um, that they start to all melt together in my brain after a while. Yeah. There's so many uh, that they were talking about the uh, 
correlations between Tasha Yar and uh, Vasquez from Aliens, and that was because there was a correlation. The, the actual producers wanted a woman of Latin descent as the security officer, and they wanted to pattern her after Vasquez. And so that's what they were going for. That's not how it ended up, because nope. uh, somebody, we're not exactly sure who, had a brainstorm and decided, hey, why don't you guys switch? And Marina, you read for Counselor Troy, and Denise, you read for Tasha, for, well, her name was supposed to be Matcha, uh -huh. and, which is a terrible name. Yes. Terrible. Yeah, it's, uh, it's like macho, but feminine. Yeah. That's and, two on the nose for Latina security it chief. It really, it really was. So, and, and so it ended up being you know, Tasha Yar instead of Natasha, well, Natasha Yar, but everybody called her Tasha. Right. And instead of, you know, Macha, I forget the last name. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it was one of those things that, uh, that was the one thing I knew, but all of the others, all the other major cast, the people who were, you know, came in second, basically, right. had no idea for a lot of them. I'm just like, what? <laughs> yeah. It was really great. And I just, I really enjoy his stories because he's got a lot of them. And you got to meet him afterwards. I did get to meet him afterwards because uh, I just came up and I said, hi, I'm Brandy. And he's like, oh, oh, let me get off the stage and then we'll walk. And we walked all the way back to his booth and then talked for like an hour. Yeah, it was about an hour you guys talked Star Trek and podcasting. And I was just squeeing my little brains out uh, and trying to act like I wasn't. <laughs> I think I did pretty well. You did. You were discussing things quite well. I sounded intelligent and not like a squeeing fan. Well, girl. you presented news to him he hadn't heard. I did, uh, because Mike Schindler, um, earlier today, had posted on uh, our little Trek FM network, internal network, that uh, it was a good thing that we had decided not to call our Discovery Reaction Show an after show and to call it live from the edge as well because the um, official after show was going to be called Talking Trek, but now it's not. Now right. it's called After Trek. Right. So, yeah, and we still don't know who's hosting that, to my knowledge. I haven't had a chance to look it up. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it, we had a great conversation, and I really, really enjoyed talking to him. And he was gracious enough to talk to me for that long of a time. Yeah. And we probably could have kept on talking, but we had to get to our jewel state at photo op, so. Yep. Which was cool, too, because the time we arrived was like, oh, that's about to start, so just go over to that oh, yellow flag. Don't mind me. <laughs> I almost so it's took really a... hard to see. Yeah, I almost the took us into South Labor. It's all fine. It's all fine. Yeah. Thank you. It's like, I don't know whatever happened to street lights. Uh, they don't turn them on anymore. Yeah. So, anyway, that was that was awesome. And Jewel State looks fabulous, guys. Yeah, she was wearing a blondie shirt, which was really cool. Yes, and she was really nice. Yep. Like, really super nice. 
and uh, I feel like I don't look like a total idiot in the picture, which is always good. Yeah, I'm okay. doing rock horns. Yep, you were great. So let's talk about all of your reactions to your shirt and your hat. Oh, do we have time? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I decked out in Department of Evil style. I got a KMFDM patch on my hat. I'm wearing a Susie and the Banshee shirt, and I'm wearing skinny puppy uh, hoodie. Uh, first instance of somebody recognizing the shirt was at the Will Friedle, uh autograph signing. Is the one taking cash, and she's like, "Oh, Susie, awesome!" <laughs> I was like, "Yeah." Uh, then somebody recognizes the KMFDM patch and comes up and talks about how Inesh is going to be in concert uh, with uh, Lords of Acid, or no? Uh, yeah, I think that's what he said. And then another person ahead of us in the line for the photo op. Uh, quite a personality on this oh, guy. Oh, yeah. He was uh, interesting. I mean, and yeah. not, I'm not in a, a sarcastic way. No. He was um, interesting. He, the electro-goth community, this guy fits in really well. I mean, he was wearing, he had this epic beard. He's wearing this kind of red, almost military-style cosplay kind of jacket. And uh, we just started discussing just the music scene and generations and understanding of, you know, the music of each era. <laughs> Talking about his daughter. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and him being called emo, I was like, no, I'm not emo. I'm, a, I'm an electro-goth. It's like that's a different thing entirely. Oh, and being called a hipster. A, uh. Oh, a hipster for liking uh, Nirvana. It's like, well, I grew up around the time of listening to Nirvana. I'm not a hipster for liking the things I grew up listening to. I was alive when they were releasing new albums. That's not a hipster. <laughs> yeah. And then got on to all kinds of weird topics like conspiracy theories and just all manner of things. Yeah, he was he was very interesting. Yep. I'm like, wow. Super talkative, which is great for an introvert because we can just sit there and just nod our head and go, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I heard of that. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, I didn't expect much of a response from, you know, decking out in uh, some goth and industrial attire, but it, it got noticed, so pretty sweet. Yeah, pretty damn sweet. Yeah, I think that's the wrap-up for day one. What do you say? Uh, yeah, we're Since good. we're, we're about in Ogden now. We are. We're in South Ogden officially. Woo! Yeah, there's the village inn. And, uh, there's a place where we used to get those, uh, chili, or, uh, like the Philly cheesesteaks. Yeah. Couldn't think of the name. Now it's a Beto's. Bleh. Soggy Mexican food. Bleh. Bleh. All right, well, that's the wrap-up, and we'll get back with more news tomorrow. Bye! Bye! The three of you enter a cave of a big red dragon and is standing over a hoard of precious golden rubies. And he says, what do you do, adventurers? I'm a dragon man. I cast fire on him. It's very good. I address the red dragon to say, us, we're the hosts of The Adventure Zone, a podcast about family playing Dungeons and Dragons. Very good synergy. Commit to the bit. I, I, <laughs> I roll to charm new listeners. It is very effective, against all odds. Everybody, we're the Macroids. We host the Adventure Zone. It's a podcast where we play Dungeons and Dragons together. It's a comedy podcast. We don't take the rules too seriously because there's a lot of them, and we did not take the time to learn them. Maybe listen to us. We come out every other Thursday on the Maximum Fun Network. You can find us on iTunes or on MaximumFun.org. I think this promo is a critical hit. <laughs>
Okay, it's the end of day two. You can hear it's not raining, even though it was this morning. It, 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 it was. It was pouring when we left Aldham, but it got better as we went further south. Yeah, by the time we got to Salt Lake, it was pretty clear. It was a little windy, but not much. Well, it was still cloudy, yeah. it wasn't raining. Well, it's cloudy now, and in fact, gigantic clouds that look like the Executor, the Darth Vader's uh, uh, Star Destroyer. Yeah. It just it looks like it's not real. Yeah. It's that cool. <laughs> yeah, it's a big, triangular, solid-looking cloud just in the space above head. Yep. So, day two, I did my Wonder Woman steampunk cosplay. Which went pretty well, though your gauntlets were digging into you a little bit. Yeah, they caused some major alleys. Yeah. And so, and I've still got red marks on my wrist. Yep. I need to learn how to work with foam so I can make a better pair mm-hmm. and have them be lightweight and not dig in them askance. Yeah. And make me sweat profusely like this freaking headpiece does. <laughs> there has been sweat dripping out from under this headpiece all damn day. Yeah. <laughs> it's gross. It's like that vinyl material is not good against the skin. Yeah, it's PVC. Yeah. But at least it's not latex because I'm allergic to latex and that would have been far worse. Yeah, no good. No. So yeah, it went really well, I think. I look good. Yeah, you look good. You have some compliments. People ask about your shield and various things like that. So, yeah. Mostly people just stare. They what just stared at me. Which fine. is fine. They didn't bother me. That's what I was going for. Look at me. Yep. Look at me. I'm dressed as a Wonder Woman. Wanted to be Wonder Woman. Yep. And I was. And yes, there were people who had more movie authentic costumes, but I wasn't going for movie authenticity. I was going for steampunk. Yep. And so I worked it. Worked it good. Yes. Yes, indeed. And I enjoyed myself. And I enjoyed this costume. I really did. I will do it again. So, our goal was to get to Salt Lake Comic Con early enough to attend a panel, a Star Trek panel, about uh, was it adversaries or antagonists. Of Star Trek. Of Star Trek. And Wen not really mentioned the time we were there, which I thought was odd. Yeah, it's, uh, and I think it's because Gull Dukat so outshines her. Oh, yeah, and, so and plays ways. her. Yeah. Where she's a pawn in his game. Exactly. An adversary, or antagonist, and playing an antagonist. That is... That's high antagonism. Yeah, playing this uh, this foil character into his greater scheme. Yeah, we were slightly late to that, but uh, there were a lot of people who weren't sitting up front, so I just went up and sat in the front row. Yeah, in fact, the front row was point. We were like the row behind the front row. Yeah, it was second row. So we were right next to the microphone, which was great because you ended up having a great question. Yeah, I just got up because I was right next to the microphone so I had the first question and it was like well, okay what's your opinion on the bad merls and the mad merls you know what is it about Starfleet where they promote people who are go villainous or insane <laughs> and I had some decent responses you know the whole absolute power corrupt absolutely thing you know if you have authority and resources you have 
the means of being a great villain. Yeah. Yeah. And they can get their shit done. And they, the thing is, is that they obviously don't seem mad or unstable while they're working their way up the ranks because they're smarter than that. And also, it's people with the antisocial personality disorder that tend to get things done. Oh, yeah. And that's why a lot of sociopaths, you know, functioning, high-functioning sociopaths, are the chief executive officers of the major businesses. Or they're uh, political leaders, you know. Yep, or they're Sherlock. Or they're Sherlock, yeah. But ego, drive, ambition, uh means to get things done, a way to use people to your advantage. And of course you're going to accelerate up the ranks if you can do those sort of things. Yeah. And I wanted to go to this panel for two reasons. Number one, it was a Star Trek panel about antagonists, and I love talking about antagonists. And secondly, one of my favorite authors, Charlie Holmberg, was on the panel. And uh, I say Charlie Holmberg, but it's a female. Uh, in fact, she has sisters who are also named with men's names. <laughs> and uh, I love her book so much. And she's this tiny, most adorable thing. Oh, my God, I love her so much. Yeah, she's itty-bitty. And a Voyager fan. Yes. I really loved that she was a Voyager fan. And so she would talk a lot about Voyager unapologetically, which is how you should. You know, don't let anybody else's opinion be your reality. Thank you, Amy, again, for saying that. <laughs> and uh, she just she just loves what she loves, and she's proud of it. And I love that kind of attitude. It was a good panel. It was a diverse panel. They had two ladies. They had a Latino gentleman. Yeah, he was cool. I liked yeah, him. Yeah, he talked really, really fast. <laughs> I, I didn't think he talked fast. Well, I think it was passion. Yeah. And so he talked really fast about the things he liked. Yeah. And we had a guy who was dressed up as a genie. That was crazy. Yeah, he was cool. He seemed to be, like, the moderator. Yeah, he was the moderator, um, but he also had knowledge. And he it's, said, like, the next day he was going to cosplay as Data. Yep. I look forward to that because he has the right facial structure. Yeah. He will make a very good Data. And it seems he doesn't mind having colored contact lenses in. No, he sure doesn't. And he doesn't mind being painted colors because he was painted blue. Right. And uh, so I liked him a lot. And he was talking about when Star Trek Next Generation premiered in 1986 when two of us shouted, 87! <laughs> which Both is, females! Which is why the 30th anniversary. Yeah. And every, well, the thing is, I was louder than the other person who shouted it, and so all eyes went to me, and I'm like, yeah. Yep. And they're just like, okay, 87, sorry about that. <laughs> it was funny. It was just funny. And then when somebody is talking about an episode and one of them on the panel has the name of the episode, yeah. he's like, yeah, I'm a nerd. And everybody's like, yeah, so are we. Yeah, it's the like safe you're, place. You're in good company. Yeah. You're in the right place for that. So it was a delightful panel. I really enjoyed it. And I got to talk to Charlie afterwards and tell her how much I loved her book. And she said she was coming out with a new one, which made me very excited because I just love everything she does. Cool. Yeah, she seemed to be very excited about the next book she's going to publish. We are going to have to stop by Shadow Mountain Publishing tomorrow. Okay. I mean, like, really stop by. Because I think that there's a book of hers that I don't have. Cool. So, and why does she have to be having her signing during Zachary Levi's panel? What the fuck? <laughs> Come on. Yeah. What? We have a pretty busy day tomorrow. 
there's a few panels we have to hit, and there's a couple of autographs you wanted. Yeah, I still haven't managed to get Zachary Levi yet, and I I wanted to do Catherine Tate when I was in my Donna Noble cosplay because I'm a nerd. Oh, like well, that. that just makes sense. Yeah. And the thing is, is that the scheduling for autographs is so much weirder than it's ever been. It's like they focus so much on photo ops and so, so many photo ops that that's what they're doing more than half their day. Yeah, which is weird because you'd think people would want their photographs signed and then they're not there to sign for very long. Yeah. So it's going to be really difficult because basically Zachary Levi isn't even starting signing autographs until 2.05 or 2.10. So we have to be right there. Right. Ready for that. And uh, because, yeah, I'm taking my huge one-of-a-kind commissioned picture that Dark Ink One did for me of Zachary Levi, and I'm going to fucking have him sign it. Goddamn right I am. You know it. <laughs> and paper hug as well. Yeah. Will do. And so, uh, yeah, so there's that. And then we're going to have to catch Catherine Tate between 5 and 7 because I have to, well, I, I, I don't have to be at these two Star Trek panels, and we may not make the first one. But I feel like it's my job to be at the Star Trek Discovery Channel. Yeah, we'll try damn hard to get to that one. We will get to that one. Yes. We will. I am confident. Unless something goes horribly, horribly wrong, I am confident that we will get to that one. So. And if something happens with Zachary Levi and we can't get his autograph by about a quarter to four, then... So be it. We're going to have to ditch and try again afterwards. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So. So there we are. Uh, um, let's talk about what might happen tomorrow. What happened today? Uh, yeah, today. Oh, today got messed up a lot, too. <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay because I was kind of just go with the flow because there was another panel that uh, Larry Namachek was doing that I really wanted to be at that was... Star Wars and Star Trek better together, and I really wanted to be there. But by the time we got out of the Gates McFadden Will Wheaton channel, which was brilliant. Yes, it was wonderful. Uh, by the time we got out of that, I was starving. It was 2 o'clock. And I'm just like, I can't. I can't. I, survival is the first order of business. Yep. I have to eat now. And so uh, we went and got food. We actually managed to find a table to sit at. That was cool. That was really cool. And it came in handy that I had my portable stool, and uh, I used that as my chair at the table, which was actually slightly higher than the chairs they were even using, so that worked out well for me. And uh, we had a lovely lunch and talked to some fun people, and uh, then it was time to try and find my sister, which I never did. We never crossed paths. We'll try again tomorrow because they left early. They were having a date night. Uh, but we found many fun places along the way to go looking. So let's talk about what we bought. Oh, uh, da, 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 da. Yeah, where to begin? Um, well, I, I kind of wanted to look at more spell cards, so we looked at a few places and they didn't really find any. But we did see some cool sites. Yes. So I've got some green and gold ones. I wanted some 
green and silver ones for like a Slytherin kind of thing, but they don't really make them that way that I can see. You, they may. We can put them down there. Yeah, there might. Check Cambridge Asylum. Yeah, there might be some online too. Yeah, oh, you could definitely find them. But online. yeah, usually you know with green and gold, which is fine. You know, I mean they're lovely dice. It's they're just gorgeous. Wasn't quite what I was looking for, but I still purchased them. Well, you know, we could go in and paint over that gold with silver. If that's true, there's a way of doing that. Uh, you take like a gray crayon and color it in, and then you wipe away the excess. Yeah, or you could do it with a silver sharpie. Oh, that would also work. I have a silver sharpie. Oh, I might do that. Yeah. And it's easier to get it's easy to get the excess sharpie off because I've done that with my Captain America team cap ring. Oh, nice. Many times. Okay, cool. So that's a plan. Yeah. I uh, found you some blue and gold dice yep. for your raven claw. Oh, they're so pretty. Uh, so pretty. Yeah, looking around place to place for spell cards, but nobody really had some other than that one place. So we went back there, and they, the big one, the arcane spell book one, uh, had been purchased. We so, should have gotten it yesterday. Well, I didn't want to overspend, and... And it was like, well, this is about the only thing I'm buying from this con right now. This is kind of the thing I'm currently obsessed with. But they did have one that was racial and class abilities, which is a bit odd. It's kind of here and there, and what they include and what they don't include is a little odd. So it's good if you're playing, like, the tactical fighter that has, like, the parry and the taunting strike and all that stuff with the uh, action dice. Yes. You know, that, that's good. And there are some monk abilities, too, but they are mostly spells that certain monks can cast, but not, like, deflect arrows and those sort of things. So it's odd what they included and what they didn't. So it's a, it was a bit different than what I expected to be in there. Yeah, but it wasn't expensive. But, yeah, yeah it was $10, so, you know, there's some utility to it. It's just, it's, it's kind of a mixed thing. Yeah. Oh, we found dice there as well, these cool ghosty dice that you got. I'm calling them ghost dice. That's exactly what they are. Yeah, they're kind of this weird blue-gray clear thing with uh, white numbers. It's so cool. Yeah, they're very ghosty. And they have an extra die. Yeah, um, this place custom makes their dice, and so they have the um, role-playing style thick-sided that has just it in... Uh, Roman numerals, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, and then in other dice six, that's the pips. Yep. So yeah, you can have two dice six, two different styles of sixes. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought those were cool. So cool. Kind of jealous because it's a neat set. Oh, it's in Paris. Yeah. Well, I don't need your dice. <laughs> I could I always. Need your dice. I could always go back and find a, a eight set that I like, but I didn't. Nothing really drew me to them that I didn't already have. But if, you know, we find ourselves there, which I'm not sure we will, because it seems like we're going to be the place to place. I don't think we'll have a lot of wander time tomorrow. Yeah, we probably won't. So I'm not too concerned about it. So, yeah, not worried. Um, Wanted to talk about the glass place? Oh, God, yes. There is this place that had glassware. When I say glassware, I mean they had glass plates, they had wine goblets, they had wine flutes, champagne flutes, they had tumblers, 
they had beer glasses, which I have fallen in love with beer glasses because my brother from another mother, Aaron, for my birthday gave me a Game of Thrones Tyrion Lannister beer glass. And I fucking love that glass so much. I love it. I drink from it all the time. She does. I really, really do. I love it. Get some ice and put some cough in her glass and have a drink. Yeah, it's it's the perfect size, especially for a 12-ounce can. It's the perfect weight. It's the perfect shape. It's just perfect. Anyway, they had the nerdiest things. And I just thought, they can't possibly have... You know, things that I haven't seen anywhere else. Oh, yes, they did. They yep. had a snake plissken glass. Yep, uh, kind of a portrait uh, chiseled kind of thing of uh, of snake plissken. They had the original Tron logo. Oh, yeah. They even had an Encom one. Yep. Which is the company that got fired from. Yeah. became the CEO of and then disappeared into the grid. And long story short, Encom. So, yeah, lots of Marvel in D.C. Of course, lots of Marvel in D.C. But they also had Fallout. They had the lift from uh, the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Sailor Moon. Yes, yes indeed. But the, and they were one for 15 or two for 25. Now, two for 25 is a good deal. That's the savings of $5 deal. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, I'm totally getting two of them. And so I thought, oh, God, what am I going to pick? Well, they had a new Coca-Cola glass. So I had to get that one because it's Nuka-Cola. Oh, yeah. You know, from Fallout. And how appropriate is it to have a Nuka-Cola glass? Duh. I mean, I could have gotten, you know, something with the... The, the Fallout uh, Boy? Hit Boy <laughs> thing. Yeah. I could have, but I didn't. I got the Nuka-Cola one. And then I was thinking, what else can I possibly get? And I saw a Nerd Hurt one. Yeah, there you go. I'm like, damn Gotta go it. Chuck. Yes. Always going to pick Chuck. I mean, they had... They had every, just about every fandom covered there. It was insane. And so, and they, they were just really beautiful glasses, you know. They were, again, that perfect shape, perfect size, perfect weight. They were just, ooh. All of the glasses were beautiful. They even had lanterns. Yeah, cool lanterns you could put, like, a candle in. And, yeah. yeah. You put, put, like, a... a an like electric a candle in there. Oh, that would be sweet. And then you don't even have to worry. Because, like, we have those ca- those candles that turn off after five hours if you put them on a timer. Yeah, they had a Harry Potter one that was the four houses. Mm-hmm. It was, they were lovely. Oh, that was a fun booth. Yeah. And it had fun people. Oh, yeah. I really enjoyed them. So, yeah, I, I'm excited that I have those glasses because I just love them. I love them. We could get rid of all the other glasses in the cabinet, and I would be fine. Oh, we got a bunch of those Coca-Cola black glasses we could probably get rid of that we never use. Yeah, there are a crap list. Yeah, McDonald's has given them away for, like, every meal deal or whatever. Yeah. Uh, you promised to focus a bit more on comics, and we actually did that thing. We did. We went past this one booth that had these beautiful, amazing, gigantic hard-bound compendium of, basically, of graphic novels. I mean, we're talking like inch and a half thick. These were, this was not like the stuff that you find in your typical comic shop. These were fucking coffee table books. They're huge. Yeah, they're massive. They're like encyclopedia size. Mm -hmm. 
they are really huge. They, I mean, there were some of them that were like two inches or three inches thick. Yeah, and they all covered like a specific story arc. Yeah. And, uh... Like they had Age of Ultron with one of them? Oh, yeah. There were so many. We were on the Marvel side. And, uh, there was... There, they were varying in price, of course. Yeah, the there more, was a, uh, X-Men that was like $125, I think. It was fucking huge, yeah. though. I swear that was three inches big. Yep. And so that, to me, that's worth it. There was a Doctor Strange one. Oh, I wish I could have afforded that. Yeah, that was that like was 90, 40 or was, it was it like 95. 95. Yeah, it was expensive. It was either 75 or 95. It was, right. It was up there. Yeah. Uh, but they had three different Captain America ones, and so I'm like, oh, fuck, now I have to buy one. And not that I'm complaining, because the one that I chose was $30. Which, for the size of book that this is, I can't believe it was only $30. Yeah, it's clearly a $60 value from the looks of it. Yep, I think so. And I bet, if we look at the ISBN uh, on the back, that it's going to say the actual price of it. Yeah. What the list price is. Probably. But these were just glorious books. I wanted one of all of them. They were, oh, it, was, it was amazing and wonderful, and I mm-hmm. couldn't help myself. Oh, and speaking of the uh, Will Wheaton, Gates uh, McFadden uh, uh, panel, we got an autograph for you from Will Wheaton. Yes, we did, and we had to wait, like, almost two hours for it, because he was supposed to be back at his booth at 445, but they poorly planned how many people were uh, at his photo op, and so he ran off. Which is not his fault. Nope. And so he finally got back to the booth. My gosh, it was probably close to six. It's not six. Yeah, it took a while. But uh, I finally got the Will Wheaton moment, and it was fantastic. I didn't even cry. I was so proud of myself because it's like what you said earlier. He's one of us. Yeah, he's a nerd. He's. He was a Star Trek fan before he was on the series. He's a tabletop gamer. Yeah, he's, he's a nerd, and so he's one of us. And I even said, I'm so pr- I, I usually cry during these interactions, and I'm not crying this time. I'm so excited. And he says, you are crushing it. And I said, I'm crushing it? And he says, yes, like Wesley Crusher. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys had a high five. We had a high five. It was awesome. He was awesome. Everything I hoped and dreamed, and it was fantastic. Yeah, even thank him for, you know, promoting the whole tabletop community thing. Yeah, because it's important. Yep. Tabletop gaming is cool, guys. Yeah, it's coming back in style like mad. So, very cool. So, yeah, that was a super happy moment for me, and I was just so proud of myself for not crying. Yeah, you did really well, and yeah, like I said, it's like you was one of us. Yeah, like you're... You're just, you're a guy. You're, you're a guy, and you're a good guy, and you're a guy I can relate to, and yeah, yeah, you're a celebrity, but at the same time, you don't act like a dick. Nope, which is the whole Wheaton's Law thing. Yeah, don't be a don't dick. Don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. And he's just so much fun. Mm-hmm. This epic beard he has right now. No, he's got a great epic beard right now. It's fantastic. Yeah, but he and I are the same age. Yes, you are. You're actually a bit older. You're yeah. about five months older. No, four months older. Uh, at this point, I was starting to lag. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I was too. 
so we decided to head out because you missed that uh, foam sculpting uh, panel because of the, the Will Wheaton. Yeah, well, and I said draft. earlier, I said earlier, if something goes wrong and we have to wait longer, I will choose Will Wheaton over the panel. Yes. Because I can probably find the information that I need on the Internet. Right. Uh, but how am I ever going to necessarily meet Will Wheaton again? I don't know when he's going to come back, if yeah. he's going to come back. He might not. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, so we decided to head out, and we got stopped by some huggable things. We did. We really did. It was my fault. I'm sorry. Well, you pointed out the alpacas, yes, so it we was had kind these of your fault, too. Fluffy alpacas with these tarts and ties on bows on. And they were so soft. And uh, one of the women running in the booth uh, said, oh, you like how soft they feel? You touching the how soft they feel? I'm like, oh, yeah. She says, well, try this. And she pulls out the polar bear and hands it to me. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and so I pick it up, and I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, it's like some kind of weird massive technology, how soft this polar bear is. It is, oh, my God. It is, oh, my God. I cannot describe it. It is the softest, cuddliest thing. It's like hugging a cloud. It is. It is. And, you know, this is this is like the Japanese plush sort of thing. It's not, you know, your typical American plushie. And yeah. because, you know, you see a ton of Japanese plush at Comic-Con. Oh, yeah. Because the American plush, they tend to overstuff them. Yes, they do overstuff them. And they're not as soft as they could be. Yeah. And I oh, my God, I'm in love with this. And I said, dare I ask how much it is? And... He says, well, Barry, he has a name. Barry, you know, a lot of people don't understand that Japanese plush tends to be more expensive. So he's $30. I was expecting you to say like 40 or 50 so I was like, sold. Yep. And then this guy comes around the corner, and he's like, what, what are you doing to Barry? <laughs> are you harassing Barry? And I said, well, maybe Barry's coming home with me. He's like, all right. All right. <laughs> it was so funny. So why are you touching Barry? Well, maybe Barry's going on with me. Yeah, and he had named all of the people. Yeah, there was a Phil. All of them. I think there was a Simon. <laughs> um, and they all have backstories. And apparently Barry had had a really bad experience with a hot air balloon ride. <laughs> and uh, he's okay now, but <laughs> touch and go for a while. And and I said, no, tell me the story. He's like, no, it's dark. And I said, I'm dark on the inside. <laughs> but all he would say is, fuck you, Hobby Lobby. That's not what he said. No. Nope. I'm saying, fuck you, Hobby Lobby, because fuck you, Hobby Lobby. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, uh, he, and he, when, I, when I purchased Barry and I was hugging him to my chest, uh, he said, just don't take him near any hot air balloons. And I said, well, I'm afraid of heights, so that's a guarantee. <laughs> I will never take him near a hot air balloon. Exactly. Because I will never take myself near a hot air balloon. Right. So, and oh my God, Barry's in the back seat, and I wish I was hugging him. Um, Hi, Barry. That was pretty much our con experience for the day. I don't think I'm leaving much out. I don't think so either. Uh, lots of Moanas. Oh, we saw so many Moanas. I saw a bunch of Moanas yesterday, and I saw a bunch of Moanas today, and I saw a grandmother from Moana today. Yep. 
that was brilliant. That made me so, so happy. And that's pretty much, I think, the wrap-up for day two. What do you say? Yeah, we uh, we ended up not being able to park in the place that we were planning on because the lot was already full. And so we just parked in the Ken Garth building, which is where we parked when my sister worked in that building. Yep. And we actually still had one of the vouchers left, so we used that. So free parking today. <laughs> free and, parking. And then if we have to park in there tomorrow, it's fine. It's yeah, it's $8, and the big public one is $7, so for a covered you know, tiered parking structure just to spend one extra. Yeah. That's not too bad. Easier to find the car, too. Yep. So, yeah, that was our Salt Lake Comic Con Day 2 experience. Yep, sure was. We'll be back with more. Okay, bye. It is the final day. Final day of Salt Lake Comic Con. Over too quickly. Yep, we're headed on our way down for our final day. Yes, and we've got a lot to do in a very weird schedule, which we already talked about. Yes, but there's a few things that we missed talking about yesterday that we wanted to recap on. So did you want to begin? Yeah, both of them have to do with the um, Will Wheaton and Gates McFadden panel. And uh, there was a customer, a customer, oh Lord, there was a an audience question about Technobabble, and could they make up a Technobabble about uh, something that's threatening the Enterprise? And, of course, Gates is like, well, what kind of threat is it? And it was like this semi-transparent interdimensional being or whatever. And uh, and Gates started it off quite, quite well, and then Will just took over and ran with it and just blew everybody away. Yeah, standing ovation, like rerouting power from the, uh, what, the deflector shield from the left nacelle? Yeah, rerouting power to the deflectors from the nacelle. <laughs> 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 and all of this stuff, it was fantastic. I wish I could repeat it all, but I am not good at technobabble. But, uh, but Will Wheaton obviously is. Obviously. Obviously. Do you want to cover the other thing? Yes, uh, Gates McFadden also had this option because in the Funko Pop vinyl figure range, they don't have a Will Wheaton or a Dr. Crusher. So there's this hobbyist who designed uh, Funko Pop figures with boxes, with printing on the boxes and numbering and all that for them. And uh, Gates has been auctioning them off and donating the proceeds to charity. All of the proceeds. Yeah, all of the proceeds. And because of the earthquake in Mexico City, she was going to donate that money to, you know, some uh, charity with little overhead. So most of the money would go directly to uh, restoring uh, Mexico City, dealing with the... uh, the survivors and that sort of thing. Yep. And so, and she just did it right there in the panel. And she said, yeah, you can pay by PayPal. So if you don't have the money on you, you can still do it by PayPal. And starting at 100 bucks, and it went 200, 300, you know, 350, 400, 450, 500. It got up to what, 700? $700. Somebody paid for this, uh, this 
hobby-created Funko Pop figure signed by both of them, I suppose. Yeah, well, somebody in the audience shouted that out, and she says, well, of course I'm going to sign it. <laughs> and course. I'll have my face done sign it, too. Yeah, so that was cool. Uh, I think those were the two major things we forgot to talk about. Though, so, um, after the Conway got home, we saw a picture of Will Friedle and Will Wheaton sitting on stairs and posing, like, fist to chin sort of style. Yeah, it's their new album cover, apparently. It's just funny, because those are the two guys you got autographs from that day. They're my two favorite Wills. Yeah. And to see them sitting next to together is like, oh, pretty cool. Oh, I totally saved that picture to my phone, and it is now my lock screen. Awesome. And where their faces are is above where a lot of the information is, isn't it, uh, when you open your phone? Yes. Cool. So that's, I think, all the recap we had for things we forgot to talk about yesterday. So I guess we'll get back to you when we're leaving the event later tonight. Indeed, and hopefully everything works out because... If I don't get those last two autographs, I might have a breakdown. Oh, yeah, and this time we actually remembered our um, art part portfolio that has the Zachary Levi picture in it. <laughs> so we'll try to get that autograph. Yes. And uh, Randy right now is dressed as Donna Noble for uh, for Catherine Tate, so I think good. She is my birthday twin, except she's five years older. Yeah. But we have the same birthday. So, yeah, we'll be back uh, later tonight. So, bye. Bye. Hello, listeners. It is I, DJ Evil Dave, with the dark track of the episode. A little of some things we forgot to mention. We bumped into some Adventure Zone fans. They walked by us as we were on our way to a panel, and Brandy spotted a taco. Now, those of you out there that listen to the Maximum Fun podcast featuring the McElroy family as they play Dungeons and Dragons will be familiar with Taco the Wizard, the Elven Wizard. And it turned out, after speaking to them for a brief moment, that they were on their way to an Adventure Zone fan meetup, which is super cool, as the appreciation group was asking who was going to Salt Lake Comic Con. Sadly, we had to attend another panel and could not attend the meetup, though our hearts go out to the other Taz fans out there. So, to the dark track. Uh, On our way down to Salt Lake Comic Con at the Salt Palace on the third day, I swapped the music we were listening to from classic rock to new wave, and a particular artist popped up, and that is Mr. Kitty, who is a contemporary artist who founded Mr. Kitty on January 3rd of 2003. His genre is just uh, simply electronic. It is a one-man project, Forrest Lemaire, who currently lives in Austin, Texas. Mr. Kitty has a very classic new wave sound, that very analog kind of six-track sound that Fans of early Depeche Mode or OMD or the Human League may be familiar with. And as for songs kind of related to nerdom and, you know, celebration of geek and pop culture, thought the song In Your Blood would be suitable because, you know, just fandom seems like something that's in your blood. It just speaks to you. 
So I'll give you a taste of what we are listening to on our way down to the third and final day of Salt Lake Comic Con 2017. And we'll be back with our recap. Did we manage to follow our complex, rather busy schedule, or was it a complete fuck-up? You'll know after this song. So here is In Your Blood by Mr. Kitty.
end of the Salt Lake Comic Con 2017. We're on our way home, and it's raining again. Yep, and it's going to rain tomorrow, too, supposedly. So all our concerns regarding today were uh, not necessary, because with a little uh, scheduling adjustment by Brandy, we managed wonderfully, other than some blisters and some aches and pains. Yes, well... I decided, I made the executive decision, that we were not going to go to the Zachary Levi panel. Right, and that changed everything for it us. It did. It changed everything. It, it allowed me to go get a book signed by Charlie Holmberg. Which was awesome. Yes, it was. And it allowed us to go directly there, from there to Celebrity Row and get in line for Catherine Tate, and we were first in line. Yep, I even uh, shared a photo on Facebook of her banner, because we are right there front and center, and I just lift up the camera and snap, just showing that, yes, we were going to wait for a while, but that was okay. We were sitting down. We got our stools. Yeah, well, and they were saying, oh, well, she's not going to be here till like, 12.45, and she got there at 12.20. Yes, and she came out and was just thanking everybody and kind of doing the almost touch you know, she reaches her hand out to you but doesn't quite touch you on the shoulder. Yeah, well, I don't blame her. I don't want to necessarily touch such strangers. No, it's just a neat <laughs> gesture because it's sweet enough without actually being, you know, physical. Yeah. So uh, so that was cool. And um, we were, of course, the first in line for general admission. And they decided to just let all of the VIPs go first, which was fine because there actually wasn't that many of them. Yeah, exactly. And... For reasons I do not understand, at the time of paying for the autograph and having a sticky with my name on it, I was also given a playing card. And there were red uh, cards with red backs on them and cards with black backs on them. I think that's whether you're getting a selfie, too, or not. Oh, it could be, I suppose. Yeah, if it was just an autograph or an autograph and a selfie or whatever. Well, wouldn't they just write that on the sticky? You would think. I mean, really? And um, I broke my perfect record of not crying at celebrities. <laughs> yeah. Well, you could not but help cry at meeting her and telling her you were her birthday twin thing, you know, yeah. May 12th baby. Yep. And, uh... Yeah, she was absolutely lovely, and she I had picked her, you know, her annoying schoolgirl school picture, and I was like, am I bothered? Am I bothered? <laughs> <laughs> because the first time I saw her do that, I laughed my ass off. Anyway. Yeah, there was one of those, what, the red nose thing, the yeah. police bun, where they did this thing where uh, David Tennant was a school teacher and she was the student? Yep. Well, she was one of many yeah. students, but she was the most annoying student. And that's the funny thing is he basically called her out saying she doesn't even have, it was a class about Shakespeare. She doesn't even know anything about Shakespeare. And then she starts quoting Shakespeare in that cocky accent and doing it really well. Oh, it was funny. It was just funny. Yeah. And that's my experience with her too I think the first time I'd ever seen her do something I, I don't know if they, she was in Doctor Who before then or yes right then I must just have my timeline confused you do because that was the reason why it was funny 
was because she was in Doctor Who with David Tennant. Right. Because I knew zero things about her when uh, I first saw The Runaway Bride, which was the Christmas special. And I just thought she was going to be the next companion, and I was excited. I'm like, yeah, I like this woman. She's sassy, and she doesn't take shit from the doctor. She asks questions. She challenges him. She's a, she was, she's a great companion. And there was a big hullabaloo in the U.K. apparently. It was like, oh, Catherine Tate, we don't want her. She's a chorus and all that sort of. Oh yeah, calling her a grotesque. Yeah, yeah. Saying shit like that, and I'm just like, what's wrong with Catherine Tate? A lot of people had to eat their crow because she ended up being the best, if not one of the best, you know, uh, companions. She was fucking brilliant. She was amazing. She was my favorite food companion of all time. Yes, indeed. And she was giving multiple uh, autographs out to several people. It just seemed to be her thing. She's like, oh, you're also a fan of this? Let's grab that photo and send that and give it to you, too. Yeah. Well, and I I, I picked the school girl. And, of course, she, and without me even asking, she signs it on one side with my name. And then she goes on the other side and goes, am I bothered? <laughs> that, just, that just brought me such joy because... You know, we say that to each other, you know. I'm not bothered. And she was also standing in front of the table yes. to meet uh, fans rather than sitting behind it. Well, I think because there was the selfie option, she didn't want to keep coming around in front of the table and going back and coming around and going back. Yeah. Yeah, just stay out front, which is great. And she looks fantastic. Yeah, she does. I mean, she's five years older than I am, which makes her 49, and she looks my age or younger. Yeah. So, stay out of the sun, look young forever. Yeah. No, live in Britain. Yeah, um, exactly. Or in Utah right at this moment. Oh, at the moment, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, we had like three months of relentless sun. Believe me, I love this weather. Uh, so, it was absolutely... Lo- and, I, and I'm like, I'm so sorry I'm doing this. I, I just, I do this to, to people sometimes. I'm really sorry. And he's like, no, no, be sorry. <laughs> she was calling everybody darling. <laughs> just, just a really class act that Catherine Tate. And, you know, I don't care what anybody says. I think her television show, the Catherine Tate show, was funny. Yeah, it was really good sketch comedy. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. And so I didn't, even after, everybody's like, oh, well, you don't, you don't know Catherine Tate like we do. Like, we've been subjected to this. And I'm watching this one like you've been subjected to what? This is funny. <laughs> what you can't to. you can't change the channel if you don't like it. What are you, what are you talking about? Yeah, it's just it's, it's just, one of those things. It's like the hatred of James Corbin or Corden Corden. Uh, yeah, I'm blanking on a lot of names of people, but yeah, it seems like Brits tend to hate on celebrities a lot. Well, the thing that bothers me about James Corden is that before he got his show, he was doing some kind of interview or something where he was basically saying that people who like superhero movies were stupid. Yeah, that is lame. Well, you could say the same thing about people who like musical theater. Or football. Yeah. He loves football. So it's just kind of like, okay, so you love sports. That makes you a nerd about sports. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, you don't get to hate on people for what they love and call them stupid because that can be turned right back around on you. 
Yeah, if that's a way for people to escape their mundane, dreary lives, then so be it. Yeah, and why is knowing everything about a superhero any less dumb than knowing all the stats about your favorite player or yeah. favorite team or whatever? Yeah, exactly. Why, why is that any worse or and, better? And why is that more meaningful? Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's what bothers me about James Corden, and I've never quite gotten past that. Yeah. So I enjoy things that he does, like when he hosted the Tonys. I thought his opening bit was absolutely fantastic, but there's still that little dark spot on him because of what he said about that. Uh-huh. So, you know, I can never fully say, yes, I, I love him, because he was mean about the stuff I like. Yeah. And it's unnecessary to do things like that. Exactly. So, anyway. Uh, anyway, so that was Catherine Tate. Yeah. Uh, I was shaking for like half an hour afterwards. We, yeah, we had you calm down a bit. We put away the autograph and then got in line for Zachary Levi because it seemed like he was coming back soonish. Yeah, he wasn't supposed to be back till two ten, but uh, they said they put a sign up that said twelve thirty, and by this time it was about twelve thirty, and so I asked the um, security person, "Can we line up yet?" She says. No, not yet, but soon. I'm like, soon? She said, yes, soon. I'm like, okay. And we just stood there and waited. And then, like, a minute and a half later, she says, it's your lucky day. Go ahead and line up. And so we were first in line for Zachary Levi. Yeah, so timing all around. And, uh, of course, there were VIPs that got to go first, which was fine. Not many. Not a whole lot. Because this guy, the security guy, and he was a lieutenant. Uh-huh. Well, I've never seen a shirt that said lieutenant. <laughs> uh, I've seen captain, but I've never seen lieutenant. Right. And so, but all the black shirts are security. So he said, okay, you're going to go after this. And then he went over to the VIP line and he says, okay, this person's going to go next and then it's you. And they were just nodding their heads and it was fine. And the thing is, is that where the general admission line was, was right in front of where Zachary Levi was. And so I'm just like, oh my God, he's three feet away from me. Yes, I know that I met him in March. It doesn't matter. He can keep coming back to every fucking con we do. And I will keep giving him money for autographs and hugs, God damn it. And he'd pop up and talk to us from time to time. Yeah. He'd pop up and say, oh, how are you guys doing? Yeah, yeah. So, uh... So, yeah, and I got a hug again. Oh, my God. <laughs> hugs are the best. And we got your one-of-a-kind commission, uh, the art piece of Zachary Levi, signed by Zachary Levi. And he commented on it, said it was really good. He, he loved it. He loved it. His, and he, he took a really good look at it. And he took a good look and asked who did it. And so you explained, you know, that was Dark Iguan, you know, our buddy James. So, Yeah. Yeah, so that was just really amazing. And I said, I met you in March. I look totally different then. And he's like, well, great. I'm glad I'm seeing the all-new, all-different Brandy. He's <laughs> like, oh, God, say my name again. That's what I'm doing inside. So say my name again. Yep. And super tall, as always. Oh, of course. He's six foot four. Yep. He's, he's starting to get, like, this little bit of gray at the temples. It was so sexy. Nice. You got um, to look up at him, which is like, ah. I don't get to do that very often. Yeah. There's so much you wanted to say to him, but it's like you're starstruck at the time. And like, I ah. totally forgot. I should have written things down yep. to remind myself, because 
sometimes if I just write something down, even if I don't refer back to what I've written down, I'll remember that I wrote it down. And yep. therefore, because I wanted to tell him, look, I really liked your coverage at San Diego Comic Con. I don't care what any idiot on the internet says. Uh, maybe you can tweet them. Sometimes tweets from fans get through, sometimes they don't. Oh, they'll get through, but whether or not he'll actually see it. Really yeah, that's, like what I, that's what I'm talking about, is getting through to him. Yeah. Well, maybe if I use the picture, he'll remember me. <laughs> yeah, the picture, the, you know, Salt Lake Comic Con. So, if I use the picture that he signed, I think that would be memorable, because I... I'm 100,000% certain that he did not see anything else like that today, or yesterday, or the day before. Right. So, so yeah, I got to have two amazing moments back-to-back, and we were so concerned that we were not going to make the two Star Trek panels, but we did, and we even got to see, like, half a panel about... About um, gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Yeah. And that was a good panel. Uh, it was about the Netflix series. It was about the actual show. It was about uh, women wrestling in general and women's sports in general. It was a really good panel, all female run. Yes. By people in wrestling yes. or in roller derby and such. People that were inspired by the Glow series to pick up uh, competitors, uh, sports entertainment, I guess you call it. Yeah, well, and then, and and the one with the pink hair, what was her name, Christina? I think it was Christina. Um, she said, oh, and we're announcing right here, we're going to start our own little backyard ladies wrestling, and we're going to call it Blow. And <laughs> a lot of finishing moves in that. <laughs> yeah, great finishing moves there. What, beautiful ladies of wrestling? No, backyard ladies. Oh, backyard ladies of wrestling. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> I think that's what they were saying. So it was obviously a joke, but I, it would be really fun if they actually did it. I don't know how well that would go over in Utah, but you never know. Yeah, well, if roller derby picked up here, who knows? Yeah, so it was uh, it was a really fun panel, and I wish I'd, we'd seen all of it. Yeah. But we had to eat. Yeah, we shared some nachos. We shared nachos, and they were fucking amazing. Which helped cut down on cost because, you know, it was $12.00 between both of us, you know, that's like a six dollar meal to each. So yeah. Yeah, well except they also charge three fifty for a drink. Yeah. Because that's how they make the shit ton of money there. Yeah, and there was a huge line, but it went quickly because they're swift service. Yeah, they obviously knew exactly what they were doing and they made us some good nachos. Yeah, it tied us over for the rest of the con, so Yeah. Picked up a few more of the Lego minifigures. Saw a classic Nightcrawler, because the Nightcrawler I have currently is the one in armor, and he has a sword. This was the classic, like, 80s Nightcrawler. Yeah. And found you a Yondu and a Star-Lord. And the Yondu was the last one they ha- he had, and it's with the tall fin. Yep. So that was cool. So yep. that was like my one... Uh, other purchase. Oh, you got another comic. You actually found a Hellblazer volume that you didn't have yet. I did. We walked past this. Uh, well, we didn't walk past it. We stopped at it. And it was just this little corner um, booth. And all he had was graphic novels. And he had shit I had not seen. There was stuff I didn't know existed, like a Big Trouble in Little China and Escape from New York comic. 
Yep. And that had just come out last week. It was well, a graphic novel. And on the front of it, it had a quote from uh, John Carpenter that said, I love it! <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, I had sensory overload because I know you guys were saying, get something, get something. I, I just looked at what was available and blank. It was yeah. like, I, I couldn't even recognize patterns after a while. Well, and everything he had was on sale. Yeah, as the, at, at least 25% off. DC, Marvel, Image, Vertigo, I think some off-brand stuff. Yeah, and so I got Volume 4 of Hellblazer for $15. That was a find. Yes, indeed. And he was fun to talk to, and I enjoyed his collection. I could have probably looked there for an hour and really enjoyed myself, but, you know, we had other things we had to do. We did. So, yeah, it all worked out really well today, and we got to do 90% of the things that I wanted to do. The only thing that I gave up was the Zachary Levi panel, but it made way for these other things. These other things that you have no regrets because they were... No. Wonderful experiences. I don't have any regrets because I know they're going to post that panel on the Salt Lake Comic Con yeah. YouTube page. So you can still see the panel, but you got to meet Zachary Levi up close again. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did have the two Star Trek panels to end the day. Yes. Um, the first one was talking about the even-numbered Star Trek films, and Kirk Thatcher was there. Yep. Tickled me pink. Uh, because I love Kirk Thatcher. That dude's amazing, and he's a lot of fun. So uh, I have to keep reminding you who he is every time. Well, <laughs> you, yeah, you do, because, yeah, he's a special effects guy, uh, puppeteer, uh, dealt with the Muppets a lot. Anything after 1986, I think he said? Mm-hmm. Anything Muppet-related, on, you know, 86 onward, he's been involved in. He worked on Star Trek Four. He worked a bit on Star Trek Two. He worked on two, three, and four. Right. On three, he was the puppeteer for um, for the, the dog, the demon dog thing. Yeah. So, and he had he reminded people that Christopher Lloyd, at the time of filming Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock, had not yet been Doc Brown. Nope. He was coming off taxi about to do Back to the Future. It was an in-between job. Yeah, come all this way for the power of Genesis. What do I find? Anyway. Yeah, um, and it was a different way of representing the Klingon. Yeah. And uh, so it was fun listening to him. Larry Nemechek, of course, was on that panel. And... uh, they ended up not having a whole lot of time because they did talk about the odd number of movies more than they should have. Yeah, yeah, especially three. I think well, when you had somebody who worked on it. Yeah. It, and people talking about the destruction of the Enterprise, which was a big deal. You don't yeah. destroy the Enterprise, as they did in that film. Well, and and one of the guys, and I I can't remember his name. He was the one in the Wonder Woman tiara. Yep. Which, more power to you, buddy. Yep. You go. You just wear that shirt. Yeah, gauntlet, too. Yeah, and your Wonder Woman shirt. Nice. I mean, just, if you love something, who cares, yep. you know? So, I was just like, and he just was unashamed, and I loved it. I loved yeah, it. Yeah, he loved every film, and yeah. anybody has anything Except bad to five. say, he'd say, I, 
Except five, yeah. Yeah, nobody likes Sorry, five. Peter. Sorry, Peter, you're the only one who likes five. You're the only one. Like, um, you and Shatner like five. Yeah. But uh, he was talking about how he saw Star Trek Three with his then-girlfriend, and that, like, everybody was, like, so taken aback by the destruction of the Enterprise because nobody expected it that the theater was just like completely silent and everybody was just awestruck and then his then girlfriend goes it's just a ship and there were people who turned around and looked at her like what the fuck did you just say <laughs> that was the end of that relationship yeah well that's the thing if you don't understand that the ship is a character then you know you don't get Star Trek yeah because the ship is a character. Uh, the panel after that was the Star Trek The Discovery one. I mean, the one panel you had determined to attend yes. out of, I think, all of them. Yes. And the thing is, is that, again, it's just really a, a lot of speculation because though Larry has seen the first two episodes in uh, the premiere on, that was on Tuesday, he cannot talk about them because they had to sign about a bazillion non-disclosure agreements just to view them at the premiere. Right. Because, and and Larry did say in a personal conversation when he was, you know, trying to talk to people, you know, writers and stuff like that, the, the behind-the-scenes people, you know, to get information about the process, you know, and their memories of what was going on before they, you know, basically purged and came back fresh for something else. And, you know, it's like, now that maybe that he was saying to one person, now that, you know, CBS can unclench, do you think, and the person's like, if CBS will unclench, what's the attitude? They have been very tight-fisted about it. Oh, yeah, because was it one of the writers or one of the actors? One of the writers, I think? would take pictures and post them on his Twitter feed. Yeah, even if it was a green screen. That's yeah, how Jason Gorn got started. Yeah, the Jason Gorn thing is there's this mascot that he puts in, I guess, his photos. But yeah, just a boring green screen could be any green screen. CBS would have him take it down. Mm-hmm. It could be the bottom of a platform where you see, like, stress for support. It has nothing, you know, it's just carpentry. Yep. They have him take it down. Yep. So, yeah, they didn't want any kind of uh, exposure of any behind-the-scenes stuff at all. Yeah, so, you know, all it, w- all it could be was speculation. And, and so that's mostly what the panel was, is about, you know, just the trepidation of new Star Trek, where it fits in the timeline, who's in it, and, you know, what thoughts are coming into it. Because yeah. it is different than any Star Trek that's yet been done because it's going to be streaming. They have less restrictions, so they can go a bit darker if they want. Yeah, and I expect them to go darker, but I don't expect them to suddenly have, you know, nude scenes and a lot of swearing. Yeah. You don't yeah. want to go full on HBO. No, they're not going to go full on HBO with Star Trek. No one wants that. Yeah. No uh, one wants that. You know, it's it's fine if it's PG-13, and they apparently the pilot has an MA rating, and nobody can figure out why. <laughs> they might just want it to look like they're more edgy than they are. I don't think it's about being edgy. I just think that CBS 
has a different version of MA than the rest of the network? It's true. Uh, CBS is uh, known for their, their censorship for the most part, which is weird because some other shows can be really violent. Yeah, well, violence isn't the problem. Yeah, because a lot of the procedural, I mean, it's the NCIS station. Yeah, but, uh, you know, I have faith in them because of what they allow Colbert to get away with. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway. Oh, and I we forgot to talk about how we'll, when we were waiting for Catherine Tate, we saw Eliza Dush to a jam. Does she look good? Yeah, she looks really good. Um, we saw somebody in cosplay as the Enterprise. Oh, my God, yes. Did we talk about that last time? I don't think so. I think the first time we saw her was this morning. No, we or saw no, her we yesterday. Saw her. Oh, yeah, because, we well, we, yeah, we did not. We saw her again today. She has this silver dress that she's clearly sewn herself. Yes, and she's got a hoop skirt under it. But when she spreads out the skirt of the dress, you can see the uh, NCC-1701 Enterprise on it in those letters you know, the, uh-huh. the same font. And she made this backpack that is the warp nacelle. Oh, my God. Yep. Damn, girl. <laughs> Damn, girl. Yeah, that with, is creative. with blue Christmas lights and, like, red in the front. Yep. Yeah. Really impressive. Very cool. We should have uh, gotten a picture of her. I wasn't thinking. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if it didn't pop up in the actual Salt Lake Comic Con pictures. Oh, I, I, I bet it does. I bet it does. Uh, that's pretty much the wrap-up, don't you think? Well, um, we did arrive early to the con, so we just had to sit down because they were saying anybody who was gold or general had to go around to the south entrance. No. And we are like... Anyone who was general admission. Gold and VIP Oh, could gold go and in. VIP could go in. Okay. I get confused sometimes because... Sometimes it's gold in general that gets it, and sometimes it's gold in GIP that gets it. Well, see, that's the thing. When it comes to lines for photo ops and autographs, gold in general are on equal footing. Yep. When it comes to entry into the con and when you can do that, gold and VIP are on the same level. Right. So, yeah, gold gets into the uh, actual convention floor like an hour earlier or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so... We had to wait because we did arrive early just because we had good timing today. Well, and I just double-checked with one of the uh, volunteers, and I said, so at 10 o'clock, we can let everybody in, and you're going to let everybody in. And he's like, yep. And I said, good, we're just going to go camp out over here because I'm not walking any further than I have to. That, by the time you get to the south entrance, about 15 minutes would have come by anyway, yeah. something like that. And then walking back to where you were, on the con floor would it take some more time? Yeah. So, so it's just time wasted anyway. What killed me is the people that arrived within a minute that were told to go to the south entrance and turn around and left. Yeah. That was pretty lame. It's like, no, just tell them, you know, just wait a minute and we'll let you in. Yeah, well, eventually they did that. They put someone in the rotunda and just told them, hey, if you want to wait here, you can come in at 10 or you can go to the south entrance. Um, con thoughts overall? Um, this one stressed me out a bit. Uh, was it just because of the schedule? Yeah, the schedule, because there was just like, I can't do all of this. All of these things that I want to do, there's just no way to do them all. Yep. And I wasn't sure I was going to be able to get all of the autographs that I wanted to get. And they were all super important to me. Yeah. 
even though I'd met Zachary Levi before, it was still super important to me. Yet we managed. Yes. So that was a success. Um, they didn't have any bottlenecking issues that they did with the photo op last time. Was the last time they didn't have the whole phone palette. Yeah, they had, what, half, and it was yeah. just poorly organized. Yeah. So they had a lot more space, and they utilized it well. I think how they did the um, the food stuff was better this time. Yeah. Because all the seating was together. You could actually find a place to sit if it wasn't right smack dab on lunchtime. <laughs> like when we <laughs> On ate. a Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, today we didn't eat at the table because there just was no way. We have a tray. Yep. We managed balancing a tray on the knees. Uh, I don't really have any complaints for this one, I don't think. I, I don't have any complaints except for the really loud announcements that would oh. scare the shit out of me. Oh, yeah, people being too close to microphones, I can't hear them anyway. But, yeah, we'd be sitting in line waiting for something and then just this booming voice over the overhead speaker is like, oh, man, don't scare us. Well, and it happened while I was trying to talk to the woman about what I wanted from Zachary Levi. On everything he has to give. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, well, I'm just kidding. Uh, so, and I, she was asking me a question, and I couldn't hear her, and so she repeated herself, and I said, you know what, let's just wait till this announcement is over, because I, I can't hear anything until he's done talking. And so we waited a few seconds, and finally he was done, and, and then she repeated her question, and uh, yeah. So. So yep. So success all around, I think. I think so. I really the most important thing to me was meeting Will Wheaton, Will Friedel, and Catherine Tate, and seeing Zachary Levi again. Right. Those were the things that were the most important to me. And the rest of the stuff is just icing, and there was so much icing. Yep. It has some really great icing. Yeah, I found some. Spellbook cards, which was really cool. Got them for a reasonable price, less than you get them on Amazon, strangely. Yeah. And that usually doesn't happen. Usually Amazon's got the best price. Very true. Uh, yeah. So, you got some comics, which is cool, because you made a promise to yourself to focus more on comics. Well, yeah, and uh, to all of the listeners, we talked last night about that big hardback of Captain America Oh, comics. it's gorgeous. When, once I got the wrapper off and actually looked at it, oh, my God, it's all glossy pages. Mm -hmm. There's this big interview with Ed Brubaker in the back. There's all of the variant covers. Yep. Uh, there was one page that stuck to itself, but that was, like, the only issue it seemed to have. Yeah, that was super minor to me, and, yeah. yes, a little bit of the color came off, and I don't care. Because this book originally was $100. That yeah. was its list price. And marked down to 30 Yeah. So, yeah, it was still... I mean, this thing is so heavy. It's like a freaking textbook. Yeah. It is just... It's it's glorious. It's absolutely glorious. And I spent time that I could have been asleep just going through the pages, not even reading anything. I just looking at the beauty of this book and just delighting in the fact that it was mine. Indeed, so, yeah. Yay. Yay. We now have more dice. And now, you, yeah, we have more dice. And I did the trick to use a silver sharpie on my green dice to make them further in, and it worked. So, yay. Yay. Uh, I think that's a wrap-up for this uh, Salt Lake Comic Con of 2017. 
and I guess we'll be back to you with the West Field Reporty type episode, probably. <laughs> yes, in a couple of weeks we'll talk to you again and say things in the house instead of in the yeah. in the car. In the car. Yep. So farewell. Farewell. You have just listened to the Dark Corner Podcast, hosted by Brandy and David Jacola. Find us and other fine podcasts at strangeanddeadly.com. Send any feedback to the Dark Corner Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Dark Corner Cast. You can also like the Dark Corner Podcast page or join the Dark Corner Podcast group on Facebook. The intro and outro music is Artificial Nocturne Love Thy Brother Remix by Metric. The dark track featured on the podcast was either submitted directly or offered for free by the artist or the artist's representatives. No infringement of copyright is intended. If you enjoy the show, please rate us and leave a review on iTunes. If nothing else, then to let us know that you're out there listening. Now we return you into the light. Until next time, peace and love.